Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, I am joined now by Steve Magookin, who you can find his writings over at the Northern Slant. He's also the former chairman of the New York Tottenham Supporters Club, New York Spurs. Uh, Steve, an absolute joyous day um, for the both of us. Uh, after not signing players for over 500 days, Tottenham come out with a double whammy. On Tuesday, signing both Jack Clark, who then returned on loan to Leeds, and Tangi Ndombele, who was probably the primary target for Tottenham in this window. And he's in early um, uh, after being pursued by other uh, other clubs as well, but everybody else was distracted with other stuff. We get it done early before the preseason, which is something that Poch always wants. Uh, just what was your initial reaction to the signing? Well, it's good to be back with you, Kevin. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Pittsburgh, and uh, ahead of tomorrow, let me wish you a happy 4th of July. So, <laughs> yes, a great, great uh, decision to, to finally go ahead and pull the trigger and bring him in. And uh, as you say, he was Poch's number one target uh, all along. But the thing that I keep coming back to is if you if you go on social media, it's literally the jealousy of fans from other clubs that confirms just how good a signing this is. <laughs> literally, my, my friends who support literally every other top six team are saying what a good signing this has been for Spurs and a snip at that price so I think that's that's the sort of key thing to um, to keep coming back to is we our scouting network and Poch's uh, evaluation of players is good enough that I trust that that's why he was the number one target and uh, also bearing in mind Poch's high regard for Musa as well. Yes. Um, but when you see the re- reaction of, of other fans and sort of saying this definitely steps uh, Spurs up a notch uh, and and that price is uh, just fantastic. I would love to, um, you, you know, know what happened behind the scenes, get a, get a sort of TikTok of the of the negotiations, because obviously this has been in, in train for a while. And obviously Manchester United came in and were interested at the last minute. And also, given our you know our history of transfer dealings with Lyon uh, and and with Daniel Levy, especially after the Hugo Lloris uh, uh, signing, um, you, th- these things are always they could always uh, literally at the last minute. So uh, very very relieved to get this one over the line, and uh, and very happy and, and optimistic about the uh, the potential that he brings with him. I mean, twenty two years old, we, we we have a decade's worth to look forward to of a player of that caliber and and really at current at current market prices uh it's it's an absolute steal yeah totally agree and you brought up a couple of points that i want to expand upon the first being the interest from manchester united i I also mentioned that uh in the intro there that multiple clubs were in for him at different stages juventus madrid and united were all interested Mm -hmm. in Andombele. and and as spurs fans we we just assume that of course he's going to opt for one of them instead of us um, but all of them dawdled. United didn't know what was happening with Pogba long term, um, so they asked for more time. Madrid yeah. are on the other end of a potential Pogba deal, so they asked for more time. And Juventus stalled as well and then signed Rabio instead. 
So, mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty rare that a club of Tottenham size get a free run at their top target without too much meaningful interference. And it's it's not that those other clubs didn't need him. Oh, I forgot PSG as well. We're yes. very heavily invested in trying to sign him and then change sporting directors midstream. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like it, it just like kind of coalesced in this this way that Tottenham were able to yeah. kind of take a free shot. And then, like you mentioned with uh, Jean-Michel Aulas, that's mm-hmm. always a nightmare. But the, it's yeah. only a nightmare when he has a second club to make you bicker with. Yeah. And yeah. no one else was in as heavy as we were. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, it's wonderful that, that A, it got done, B, it got done so cheaply, uh, for yep. those wondering it's 55 million with an additional 10 million. If we make the champions league in 2019, 20, uh, what's interesting is you also mentioned Larice. is that this is similar to the Larice deal. I am absolutely stunned that Alice has put in another champions league qualification clause because mm-hmm. we ended up getting Hugo Larice for 10 million. I don't. There was supposed to be a five million added on Champions League fee if we made the Champions League in the first three years, and then we didn't. <laughs> so that ended up just being an absolute steal. Then Alice also included it in the um, uh, Clinton and G deal, yes. and then we didn't make it that year. And now yeah. he's doing it again with Ndombele. Like I realize well, that now it's far more likely, but it's just yeah. really weird that he continues to go to that well. I, I was actually surprised that it wasn't more backloaded. Uh, you know, there wasn't more of an add-on because, yeah. as you say, it's probably uh, as more guaranteed that we'll actually be in the, in the Champions League. Not that these sorts of things can ever be guaranteed, um, but certainly uh, it, it's a much safer bet uh, to do it that way. And I think, in a way, the, the fact that he was clearly identified as Poch's number one target, and that was the advantage of our advantage of not signing anyone. Um, for as long as we did, if, if there is an advantage to that, you can basically go to the player and his agent and say, this man is our absolute highest priority target uh, because we need to redress the balance over the last uh, you know, 500 days or whatever, whatever the, the, the distance was. Uh, and so that acts as, as more of an incentive, I think, to the player himself uh, if they know they're valued in that way. Yeah, I totally agree. It, knowing that you're the top target makes it more desirable to go there. Also, uh, alleged quotes um, coming out of Lequipe say that Pochettino told him, I know it's going to be difficult, but I want to keep you as the tango you are, the tango you pushes on and breaks the lines. And then also saying that he wants to build this squad um, to potentially challenge for the title in 2019-20, yeah. which is a very ambitious statement. It's, it's it's pretty hard to turn something like that down. And I think another aspect that's kind of being under-discussed is, I, I don't know if you remember this, Steve, but there was an interview where Pochettino mentioned Moussa Dembele as a footballing genius yeah, and said that his greatest regret is he didn't get Dembele at 18 or 19 mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he could have been one of the best players in the world. And that's kind of what you're getting with Ndombele. Um, it should be noted, though, it, this is an easy comparison because Ndombele is replacing Dembele. And because they play somewhat similarly in midfield. Um, so I just wanted to do like a quick little scouting breakdown to prevent some of those confusions. Mm-hmm. But but there are similarities for sure. Um, the, the primary one for me is the dribbling and shielding. Um, they do it differently though. Because a lot of people are already talking about Ndombele as this big strong central midfielder. He's really not. He, he's 5'11". He's wiry. But he's not Dembele who was... Well over right. six foot. Like the, but the way he shields it is more anticipatory. The, yes. the way he sets his body up before the ball gets there is like uh, Musa. But Musa could just hold there. 
and you just couldn't get there. And Dombele needs to kind of shift the ball a little bit. He just has to do a little bit more to achieve the same result. But he is very good at at shielding the ball, keeping possession, has a very low center of gravity, which was on on fine display against City in the Champions League. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of times people came in at him from multiple angles, and he just kind of got low and and, and kind of squeezed through tight spaces. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the, The kind of dangerous analogy that i've made is uh do you remember when we replaced modric with dembele like that was a huge shift in player id mm-hmm. to yeah. play the same role and then we were like well when we leave dembele we don't need to do the same thing like we can go out and get a passer instead of a dribbler like you can replace that position in a lot of different ways well what i think is really interesting about Ndombele is he is like if you have musa dembele and luka modric on a scale yeah and Dombele yeah. is just about in the middle that's exactly. I was just going to say that. I was going to say that there there are elements of the way he plays that remind me a lot of Modric. And you mentioned it uh, exactly there when you talked about the way he shields the ball. And that's exactly. Uh, uh, Musa was hard to shake off the ball because of his physical strength. Uh, Modric was hard to win the ball from because of his guile. And I think yeah. that's exactly exactly what uh, what we're going to get with with Endombele. Uh, it's uh, I think it's it's just a fantastic. Uh, it's actually also not just a great signing, but it's the actually the signing that we needed right at that moment to fill that position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and just the fact that he was our top target, like you mentioned, but also he's like perfect. He is literally exactly what we need in midfield. He comes from a team that's already playing the 4-2-3-1, so he's used to playing mm-hmm. in that kind of double pivot um, paired with another player. And what I think is really interesting about bringing in a player like Ndombele is Pochettino last year was forced into changes because of injuries, so he played a lot of different formations, a lot of different pairings. But I think what Ndombele brings is a flexibility, a, a proactive flexibility, yeah. where if you play him next to Sissoko, you have this kind of pacey, dynamic, breaking the lines with runs. And and Ndombele is a fantastic passer of the ball. I don't mean to imply that he can only break the lines dribbling. He's just also great at that. Um, but if you have the two of those and they're taking turns surging forward, you don't really know where the attack is coming from or, or how it's being built in the midfield. That's a very dynamic pairing. If you pair Ndombele and Winks, um, Winks can kind of sit back and just create from deep. And Ndombele can kind of be the flex guy, both getting yeah. forward in a box-to-box capacity and then also... Playing, playing from deep as well. And then if you're trying to go defensive, you can go Wanyama and or Dyer and or Sissoko and or Ndombele, all of whom yeah. ha- have a vision for for an interception and a tackle. So it, it really opens things up and just notch, knocking every Spurs midfielder down a notch in, in the pecking order makes it look so much of a stronger unit. Because when Harry Winks is your second best central midfielder, no, yeah. no knock on him, very young, very talented. That's not great for a team that alleges to be challenging for a title and making the Champions League final. When he's third and Dyer's fourth and Wanyama's fifth, all of a sudden a position that looked like weakness starts to look like a position of strength. Yes, no, I, I totally agree with that. And, and I think what you want with any new signing is that he comes into the squad and he becomes the first name on the team sheet in yes. his And that's essentially what we have just bought. So as you say, it gives us then a range of options alongside of him. Uh, depending on the circumstances of a game, even as the game is in progress and the, as the game changes and the circumstances, mm-hmm. it allows us to to fiddle around with that with that midfield pairings. I mean, I suppose as you say, the two questions that I have going forward are: what will it mean for Dyer? 
uh, and, and Dyer gives us a sort of a little bit of um, backup in terms of being able to drop back into a back four, back three. Um, but what does it mean for him as a midfielder going forward? And the other important question is, as you know, I am the world's biggest Harry Winks fan. And mm. I just I, I worry a little bit that it might hold back his development. But on the upside, playing alongside a player like uh, like Ndombele can only be a good thing for him. And and anything that creates more competition for, for, for places and for starts uh, is on also a good thing. And as you say, uh, in terms of the profile of the club and what that means for uh, us in the fight for the top six or the top four going forward, I think it's uh, it, it's hugely beneficial. I can't think of another signing that we could have made that would have advanced us in that way. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, two excellent points from you. Regarding Dyer, I think he moved to central midfield because that was clearly his easiest path to playing time. <laughs> and I think you look at it now with Toby on the last year of his contract, and now the question is, is that still the case? Right. Because exactly. maybe now, like you're saying, maybe center back is now kind of your best avenue towards towards minutes. And to be honest with you, I've never been as big a Dyer and midfield guy. Um, the, the passing used to be what he relied on in that position, and then it kind of waned. Um, also, just as a side thing, because uh, this impacts Dyer and also may impact Ndombele. Unfortunately, at Tottenham, we do not have many willing runners yeah. who just take a chance at a run and hope that the ball will get there. I think part of that is that we haven't had a really great deep line creator since Modric. Winks yeah. will probably get to a level where people trust that a ball is coming, but isn't there yet. When Erickson plays deep, I do think that's one of the reasons he struggles there is because he's a little bit further back. Players aren't as willing. I, I genuinely think Sun is the only player that will make lung-busting runs without knowing if he gets it. That's um, correct. Yeah. So that is an aspect that could potentially harm Ndombele, but on the converse, you might see a player like that coming into your midfield and be like, oh, now I know um, that there's a, a higher chance that we get it. But I do think that's hurt Dyer as well because he sprays those long diagonal balls. But if nobody's making those runs, that pass really isn't on. Um, as for Winks, I think I think the idea long term is that the pairing is Ndombele and Winks. Winks is 24 and Ndombele is 22. Everybody else is older. I think Dyer's 25 or 26. And then Sissoko and Wanyama are both near 30. Um, so I agree that in the short term it might hinder Winks. But I think long term the idea might be that it's supposed to be the two of them. Uh, yeah. in future um so uh we kind of talked through how he fits in everything do you think anyone per se loses their spot or like i said do you think it'll just kind of be a continued rotation but probably like you say with Ndombele the first name on the team sheet there in midfield 
Yeah, I think it, I think it'll be that, and I think it'll depend on the circumstances of each game that we play. I mean, it's literally one game at a time. Uh, it, it just gives us a much greater range of options and uh, the potential combinations that uh, that go along with that. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be that. I mean, the 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 team sheet will essentially be Endomale and one other or you know two others, depending on what's uh, what the situation is. So, yep, makes sense to me. Um, we mentioned. Oh, yeah. Before we just sorry, just before we leave the the Andomale, mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple of great memes going around. I don't know if you saw it. The um, uh, the cartoon, the substitution cartoon of Musa oh, yeah. and Andomale coming on. That was really nicely done. And also the the ballet meme. You know the famous meme, <laughs> yeah. the guy with his girlfriend looking at the other girl. And yeah, no, that's that, those are just perfect. <laughs> yeah, people should definitely check those out. Um, you mentioned that uh, one of the ways you know Andomale is going to be a good signing is how jealous everybody else is. Do you view this signing as a signal of intent for what we mean in this window or the 2019-20 season? Or do you think this is a bit more, not to draw this comparison, more of like an Arsenal signing where for a few years they just made one big signing in each summer and then kind of filled the rest of the squad at a lower level? No, I obviously, I, I like you, I think. Uh, I, I do think this is a sign of we're we're dragging ourselves out of the last you know period of not signing anyone and and looking uh, undecided about the direction of where we were going to go and obviously everyone was sort of fearing for uh, the possibility of Potch leaving. Uh, I think the, the, the your point about the signal of intent is the fact that we have the intent to keep Potch now long term and we're letting him uh, dictate. Uh, who the targets are and how we how we go out and get them. I think the, the signal of intent for this coming season, though, still hangs on a number of unknowns, and and obviously I think the biggest one uh, is what's going to happen with Ericsson, uh, whether he's still going to be with us uh, at the start of the season or not. And and you, there are two scenarios that you could draw that sort of take that in either direction, you know, with with or without Ericsson, and also if he does leave, does he leave? Uh, at a period that gives us long enough to spend the, the, the money that we raise on the back of him and what other targets we have in mind for uh, for uh, replacing him. And so we can come on, on, on to talk about that as well. But but also, I'm sort of encouraged by the other signing. You mentioned that we, we did a, a double whammy with yeah. signing, uh, you know, in Domblay and, and Clark, and I'm, I'm very encouraged by that uh, as well. He's, he seems a very talented young player. I mean, obviously, he's... Um, pragmatic and astute enough to know that he's not going to walk straight into the into the first team. So the the loan back arrangement, um, which I know you wanted to talk about, that that makes perfect sense for for the time being, especially in such a competitive team as Leeds, uh, gives him more uh, opportunities to get to get uh, playing time. And I think it it also comes back to uh, Pochettino's relationship to Bielsa. I think if it was any other coach. Uh, other than Bielsa, that we we might not have gone down that road, but uh, I think there is a there is a special arrangement there that sort of means that Poch will trust uh, uh, Clark's development in the way in which he wants him to develop and get him back a year from a year from now. So two very different but also very encouraging signings that that sort of point the direction ahead, uh, certainly for this year. And and of course we're not done. We'll see about um, we'll see about you know, other other players who might who might come up uh, in the next few weeks. But as I say, uh, there are still those question marks, uh, most specifically around uh, uh, Toby and uh, and Christian Eriksen. Yeah, just one last thought on Clark. He does come in as a winger, 
Um, and by coming, I mean very briefly, although his introduction interview was very interesting because he talked about how he looks forward to developing under Pochettino and alongside uh, some of the stars at Tottenham in training. And I was like, well, yeah. well you're going to have to wait a year. It's, yeah. <laughs> these are some weird interview questions, but all right, um, which I thought was a little funny. And we know that Pochettino prefers to keep his young players in-house, that he wants to develop them his way. Um, and so it was a little surprising that there's a loan back deal until you realize that it's Bielsa. And last summer, we assumed that Tottenham and City would both just offload all of their players to Bielsa since Pochettino and Guardiola are both in that kind of management tree. Um, but it seems like it's finally happening this year. <laughs> With, mm-hmm. I'll sending yeah. Clark uh, there and I think City are sending a couple um, to Leeds as well. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully he develops well. I think a lot of Tottenham eyes will be on Leeds this year just to kind of see how he develops. Um, and there's been some disappointment with youth of late, with Onamont and Edwards not really developing to the, into the players that we'd hoped. Um, I think there's still a chance for Cameron Carter-Vickers, but actually, let, let's just get into this. I, I wanted to kind of run through um, who you think will be Tottenham players next year. We'll start with potential outgoings. Um, so do you think Kieran Trippier will still be at Tottenham come match week one? Uh, sadly, I don't. Uh, and I think... He, if if the, the story about Juventus coming in for him is is correct, I if I was him or his agent, I would probably pursue that move. Mm. Um, it's a shame because when when he came in to replace Kyle Walker, I was really optimistic about everything that he could achieve. And there was a, a period during last season when you could probably point to our two backs, Danny Rose and Trippier, and say um, that they were the best pair of attacking. Uh, fullbacks in the in the league, uh, but unfortunately not. The, the now I would say the two Liverpool backs have probably eclipsed them in that in that department. So, uh, I, I mean, put it this way: if if Trippier stays, I'd be I'd be perfectly happy. But I don't think he will. I think if Juventus are serious about about getting him, then I think that would probably be a good move for him. Yeah, agreed on most of those points. Uh, I think the only issue with offloading Trippier is it gets rid of a homegrown player. And with Clark going back out on loan, we still have not addressed yeah. that issue. And the only right back that was English that anybody had any sense of being able to get this year was Juan Basaka, who, of course, has already moved to United. So I, for me, I, I think Trippier might be stuck with us despite the interest from Italy and, and the fact that he would probably prefer to kind of restart his career yeah. uh, abroad there. Um, what do you think about Toby Alderweireld? One year left on his contract, um, you know, has always said all the right things in the public. Um, and, you know, he still has a contract for another year, allegedly a $25 million buyout this year. But he could either, mm-hmm. you know, move off the back of that if somebody tried to come in. But he doesn't have to sign a contract just because uh, a buyout has been paid. Um, so for me, I'm kind of thinking he might just want to ride this year out, see how it goes. Yeah potentially re-up, but then he could move wherever he wanted instead of waiting to see who came in? Well, I think I think that's right. And the interest that's there uh, regarding him is still going to be there at the end of next season. Uh, so, you know, his his value as a player is still accumulating, not uh, not diminishing. Uh, we're just uh, at the at the wrong side of the contract negotiation that we did with him. So I think it's it's a consideration that um, and, and the same thing with Ericsson. I'm sort of thinking because you sort of you know lump those two players together in a way, in the sense that if both of them leave, then we have a bit of a challenge in replacing uh, both of them at the same time. But um, I, I agree with you. I think Alder will, Toby will still uh, will will still be with us at the start of next season. 
All right, here's the big one. You already kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. Christian Eriksen. As we've discussed before, there's basically four clubs that could mm-hmm. afford him that are somewhat interested. The two Spanish clubs, Juventus, and, and I think the sneaky dark horse is Bayern. Mm-hmm. Madrid mm-hmm. have already spent loads of their money. Allegedly, they have money for one more. This could be Pogba. The, the reports that Ericsson is their target have, have decreased. Barcelona need to somehow fit Griezmann and potentially Neymar in. So that, that doesn't yeah. leave a whole lot of money left. Juventus have already really made their midfield moves. I'm bringing in both Ramsey and Rabio, although admittedly they, they do play different roles. Um, and that's why I think Bayern are kind of the secret dark horse, but he'd have to take a pay cut if, if his pursuit is just trophies. Um, but curious as to where you think this Ericsson thing lies. Do, do you think he just kind of ends up being stuck with us? I hope not uh, for, for both sides of the equation. I mean, I, I, he's still young enough to go and uh, continue his career among one of the European elite clubs. That is, and I, I you know, I include us in that as well because we're finalists in the Champions League. Um, but as you as you point out, there is a limited universe of teams just from the financial side of things that are essentially part of this domino uh, effect of you know whenever whenever Hazard went to uh, Real, for example, that lessened the chances that Ericsson would end up going there. Uh, regardless of what he thought. Uh, also, the fact that um, uh, Coutinho seems to be back on the market with, uh, with Barcelona, that's going to affect the whole demand for the creative midfield uh, players. So uh, you're, you're right. I think Bayern is actually a good shout as a, as a dark horse. They need to replace Frank Ribéry. Um, uh, what, what's happening with Robin? Is Robin in the last year of his contract? Or I what? think he's gone as well, but I will check while you continue talking. Yeah, no, exactly. So, uh, so there's there's also that consideration. But as you say, the salary expectations wouldn't be as great uh, at Bayern as they would be with uh, some of the other the other teams. The, the thing with Ericsson that I, I you know I I do like him as a player and I like what he brings. Uh, it's the inconsistency. It's literally the sense that you know quite from early on in a game whether it's going to be his game or not, whether he's going to dominate it or not. And, and all too often that's the case where he just, he, he's anonymous, unfortunately. Um, and also if you're, if you've gone public about the idea of wanting away and wanting to try somewhere else, it's always hard to walk that back and come back into the dressing room and, and feel that your, your teammates are treat you in the same way. Let's put it that way. So it might be the, this might be the best time, uh, to to draw the line under Ericsson's time with us, uh, both from both sides of the equation, from our from our side and also from from his. So it would not surprise me if if he was gone. Uh, but as you say, the speculation over where he might end up is is uh, is fascinating and will continue to be. Yeah, that's the one that will really drag on. And like you said earlier, when slash if he's sold could have a huge impact yeah. on, on what we do. Although I do think Lo Celso is kind of the pick. Yes. Although there's talk about Danny Ceballos. Actually, that, that gives us a good opportunity to pivot. Um, we've already been chatting for a while, so if you just want to hit me with uh, some yes or no's as we go through here, that would be just fine. Um, do you think we sign Lo Celso regardless of whether or not Ericsson is still at the club? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, Sessegnon out wide, we've, we've chased him for years, could play as left wing or left wing back, would probably cost a little bit between 25 and 30 maybe, fills the homegrown rule. Do you, do you think he'd be wearing lily white by the start of the year? I do, as a matter of fact, and I think, uh, well, there's also the possibility that we could get both Sessegnons. So you know, that is, 
given that you know we we tried to corner the market in Dembele's a couple of. <laughs> So um, that might be a good way of coming full circle. Uh, no, I, I would be excited about the possibility of getting uh, Ryan Sessegnon, certainly. Uh, and then that has implications, you know, further down for, for people like Danny Rose and, uh, and you know, what might happen with, uh, with the players that would be displaced if we, if we brought in Sessegnon. Uh, Lamella is another uh, possibility for, yeah. uh, you know, the, all, all of those are knock-on considerations, but... But certainly, I do think uh, Lacelso and uh, and Cessignon, I think, might of of the of the names that are currently being bandied around, those are the two most likely that I would uh, imagine would would end up with us. Yeah, I as you bring up, if we got both Cessignons, that would actually really solve the homegrown problem real fast. Although yeah. it would kind of create an issue at right back, yeah. um, and unfortunately, I think Aurier might be the. Mm. sacrificial lamb there if the objective was to make sure that we had those eight homegrown players but um that to the side yesterday as report that we're interested in taking ceballos on a year-long loan that ceballos is down for it as, as long as he has the option to stay at real madrid if he wants but then there could be a buy next year i mean that would be an amazing bit of business if we were able to pull it off and we have had amazing deals with real madrid uh mm-hmm. before with vondervard as people will i'm sure not forget um but this feels a little yeah. too good to be true it, 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 this sounds like something that makes sense that somebody would have just made up that would be awesome but it sounds like it's a reach for me i i can't see that happening but uh again you know i i couldn't see us being in the in the final of the champions league so anything <laughs> true all right uh then without particular targets in mind just curious if you think we will fill these holes by the start of the season uh forward with Lorente seemingly gone yeah it's Lorente's going i mean i <clears throat> I suppose any option that you have to bring someone in has to has to sort of circulate around. Well, if we kept Laurenti for another season, would that be a, a better or a worse option than doing that? And again, uh, I, I you know I, it depends on the player. It depends on who's available and who wants to come uh, and who wants to step up. And and also our our perpetual challenge is how do you go to someone and say sign for us and you can be Harry Kane's number two. You know, it's it's never an attraction. Seeing how it's gone for Jansen and Laurenti. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, I, again, it's always one of those things we, we talk about at the start of the season. We don't necessarily need to replace Kane on a like-for-like basis, as Mura and Son have, have demonstrated. But, um, but uh, again, anything could happen depending on a player's availability. Yeah, and that's why I think bringing in another winger is so crucial, so that when Son or Lucas do play up front, we still have somebody to play out wide. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that how that goes. But yeah, I agree. We might have to fill that that hole in a different, more creative way than just signing an outright number nine again and telling him to wait on the bench to see if Harry yep. Kane has another ankle injury. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so right back is an interesting one because despite the fact that we have three decent options there in Trippier, Aurier, and I personally do like Kyle Walker-Peters a lot, mm. with yeah, central but- midfield filled. That is now our weak spot in the squad. Do you think we will address that, or do you think we just roll it one more year with the three we have and hope somebody breaks through? Maybe Aurier gets more consistent. Maybe Trippier yeah. bounces back. Maybe Walker Peters develops. Yeah, I, I think the latter. I think exactly what you said. I mean, let's let you know. At least we have that basis. If someone else becomes available, let's explore the options for that. But I don't think that's a priority at the moment. I think that's uh, something that we need to. Uh, just address on a on a rolling basis, as you say. Gotcha. And then the last one is center back. If Toby does leave, or even if he's preparing to leave, 
Yeah. Um, you'd think there would be a replacement, although people should remember that Devinson Sanchez, the point of him yeah, exactly. was yeah. that he was the long-term Toby replacement. Yeah. And if we we are right and Dyer starts to play a bit more at center back, Foyth can continues to develop hugely error prone, a little yeah. bit thin for me. I realize that's some old school scouting, not really <laughs> the yeah. analytics or, or, or modernity speaking. Um, just doesn't have the look of a center back to me. But there are other options in the squad. But do you, do you think we'd still add in in case he leaves, or if uh, we see that he is going to run down his contract? Well, that's the you mentioned Davinson, and that's the interesting thing when people are talking about the Ndombele transfer. Some people might have forgotten that our previous uh, record transfer before this was Davinson. Yeah, uh, and and uh, that shows the the, the confidence and, and uh, trust that Potch has in his development. And I think we're every season we're one further step of the way towards him being you know one of the best center backs in the league um so yeah i i think you know display display confidence in davinson give him the given him, give him the playing time that he needs uh dyer is a, a fine backup for for center back and i i think we don't necessarily need to address that position at the moment all right sounds good well we will leave things there a very fun uh day for tottenham was tuesday tangai tuesday as uh, <laughs> was the hashtag that was floating around. Like you said, Tottenham do break their transfer record to bring in Tangi and Dombele, as well as signing Jack Clark, who was then loaned back to Leeds. Steve, an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, well, you can get me uh, my non-football writing or some of my football writing at northernslant.com uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at Steve McGuckin. Thanks very much, Kevin, for having me on. It was a lot of fun and uh, happy 4th of July. Thank you very much. An absolute pleasure. And folks at home, we hope you keep listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.